So, to go there, this is our ideal. This is, this is what we want. We gathered for that reason. And we get the real go through Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teaching. That will give us access there. He's in his kirtan at the house of Srivas. Now, not everybody could enter there, as you know. It was a private kirtan, very private kirtan. Not everyone could go. When he saw some people who didn't try to push their way in, but knew their place and sat on the bank of the Ganges wanting to go in, he came out. Hariharai Namakrishna Jadavai Namaha and took his son Kirtan to the streets. That's called the Sadhya, Sadhana, excuse me. The Kirtan that is the means. But the Kirtan in the house of Srivas, that is the Sadhya Kirtan. That is the end. The hold of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Leela from the point he comes out of the house of Srivas and begins his Namsan Kirtan, that is all to teach us the way to enter into that Kirtan at the house of Srivas what a special place. And that is uh, Sadhya Kirtan, Rasa Kirtan. In that Kirtan, you can fully experience the Braj Leela. So some special souls in there. Mahabrabhu is there. Sometimes he goes mad and acts like God. That's mad for him. And sometimes he goes mad and acts like a devotee. That's mad for him. He's God and he's devotee of God. When he acts like God, it's mad from the point of view of his devotee personality. When he acts like a devotee, it's madness from the point of view of his being God. Sometimes he sits on the throne, the altar in the house of Srivas, and says, Come, Srivas, put your head, accept my feet, take my blessing, he says, to this one and that one. One day in the Kirtan, one emaciated Brahmin was there, a Brahmachari, he used to go and beg rice door to door. You know, Bengal rice is the main, is food, is the dinner. If you didn't have rice, you didn't eat. So, people would give a little rice, but they would give in donation, not that, uh, you know, long grain basmati rice, but broken pieces of rice, chipped rice. So he used to keep a sack of this. He would go and beg it. And then he would take that rice, and that's what all he could get. He was very poor. So he begged. He was Brahmachari. His name was Shuklambar. Shuklambar Brahmachari. He carried that bag, and then he would go and take, and he would cook the rice, offer it, and eat the remnants. This way he kept his life. This is what he did. And uh, he was able to enter the house of Srivas. He was very special. He looked like an ordinary person. No one knew what kind of devotee he was. But he could enter into that house. And one day Mahaprabhu said, Shuklambar, come, what have you brought? Oh, he could not say anything. What is in your satchel? What are you keeping in that bag? What are you hiding from me? The devotees pushed him forward. He said, I know you. You and I are friends forever. You are my eternal friend. Do you not remember when we met in Dwarka and you brought me that rice? Give me that. He took a handful and ate it. That's uncooked. Uncooked, chipped rice. Another handful he took and ate it. 
It's what you have given me, such wealth. I cannot reciprocate. Take Prem. Take love of God. Take Krishna Prem from me. It is your property. Oh, Shuklambar was just overwhelmed. When Mahabharu took went to take sannyas, it was at Shuklambar's house that he ate his last meal made of that rice. At his house he performed kirtan and said, bring me some of that rice, cook that for me. He said, again, you should know. You and I are friends forever. You are my dear most friend. And it is because on account of people like you, friends like you, you are the, you are the root cause of my appearance in this world. What is he talking about? Oh, that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna himself. We have gone now from Gorlila, witnessing this, and some serving the parshads of Mahaprabhu and our Gurudev, like young boys, some assisting role we may get. And when Mahaprabhu goes into Krishna Lila, then we can follow him also. He said, I saw you in Dwarka. You gave me some rice then. This life you're brahmachari. At that time you were a householder. Whether you're a brahmachari or a married person, Thakur Bhakti says, no difference. No difference. As long as what? Sada Hari Bole Dako. As long as you are always chanting Hari Krishna, Hari Nam. No difference. You want to live with one lifestyle, another's lifestyle, no problem. But always chant Hari Krishna. You see, now, here are two contrasts. One Brahmachari, one Grihastha. Shuklambar and Sudam. Sudam Vipra, not from the Brajalila. It's from Krishna's Mathura Lila. Krishna left the Braj at about ten and a half years old. Nanda Maharaj went along with him. That is the only way that Yashoda would let him go. Nanda Maharaj promised, I'll bring him back. I promise. With great reluctance and great pain, Yashoda Rani, she acquiesced. Gopis, meanwhile, throwing themselves in front of the chariot. Gopis throwing themselves in front of the chariot in the meantime to commit suicide. Someone having to pull them up. Krishna's going to Mathura. Nanda Maharaj is going. Oh, and there he killed Kangsa. Scared him to death, actually. He never hit him. He just raised his hand. And Kangsa died of fear. Couldn't kill, you know, he couldn't kill his uncle. Not, no. <laughs> So, Mother Yashoda, then, uh, excuse me, Devaki, Vasudev, freed from the wrath of Kangsa, they saw their son. He wanted to share feelings of Bhav with them. But when they saw his Aishwarya of killing Kangsa, scaring him to death, oh, their Vatsalya Bhakti receded and they offered prayers. But he didn't want that, so he went and sat on their lap. He wanted to taste the feelings of parental love from them. And so it started to come on. And what did Vasudev argue? This boy needs to be educated. Vasudev was a city slicker. 
and Ananda Maharaj is a country bumpkin. So he was taken in by the by Vasudev. They have some relationship. They are half brothers actually. Vasudev said, "Look, the boy's got to get an education. We've got to keep him here that long. He's got to get his Brahman initiation Upanai from Garga Muni, and the great uh, Sandipani Muni is is in Avantipur. Can give very good education." This way, he fast talked Nanda Maharaj, who went home without Krishna and Balaram. But no one faulted him because they could see the extent of his own pain and separation. So Krishna is in Dwarka, excuse me, in Mathura. He went to the Anvantipur to be educated by a Shaivite. Sandipani Muni is a Shaivite. No Vaishnava would be his guru. So he learned all the arts expertly, he and Ram. And he made one friend there, close friend, Sudama. These, these two, they're Kshatriyas at best, really Vaishyas, Krishna and Ram. But Sudama was a Brahmana. And Krishna made a close friendship with him. In fact, the two of them, as you may know, in Guru Seva, service to their guru, collecting firewood one night, they got caught in the forest in a storm and they could not come home. They went some distance to acquire the proper wood and then, then it became dark and they could not get back. And they, would, they could have come back, but they would have come back without having accomplished their mm-hmm. seva. So, what example Krishna has shown? Serve your guru with unswerving determination. Unswerving. He went, and nothing, uh, now we will complain, Gurudev is not engaging me according to my propensity. I have so many talents. Is it, is it, is it the propensity of Krishna, whose, whose skin is so tender, that if you touch it, it will turn a different color. If you just touch it. You can take your own and make a press on it, and it will change a little bit. You just touch it with a leaf. It would change colors. So tender. Is it right that such a person could should collect firewood in, 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 in the brush and the brambles? Is that according to his propensity? Oh, he was ordered to do. He went to collect that firewood. And he couldn't get the firewood in turn, time to return before the storm. So rather than come back empty-handed, he spent the night. Meanwhile, Guru Dave, how does he feel about all this? Is he just a slave driver? Just enjoying at the, at the, as the disciples are bringing him things to eat and pleasures and so forth? No. Something else is going on in all of this. Some mystic transaction. Guru must, is a giver, not a taker. Kurunayaha, Purana Guhyam. Sutta Goswami said about his Gurudev, Sukadev, Kurunayaha, Purana Guhyam. The secret of this Purana, Srimad Bhagavatam, he is giving out of Karuna, compassion, not to make a profit, not so that he can have a nice ashram to live in, and plenty of chapatis in his old age. He's not arranging for an old age pension here by collecting disciples. That one has a good job. Hit him.
this one will have an inheritance. Come, I will treat him better than the other one. No, not like that. He may treat one more specially than another, but what will be the basis of that? That disciple's interest in what he's talking about. Willingness to accept what he's giving, which is love, with all the trouble that it takes. Love is troublesome, but we'll never give it up. <laughs> it's very troublesome, but we cannot give it up. Sandipani Muni, how was he feeling? Where is that guy? He's late. I told him to get back here, bring his quota. He collect, did he collect enough money <laughs> on the street? Not like that. No. Oh, such pain he was feeling. The boys have not come back. He's late. They lost. He organized a party to go and find them. You see, in all this seva, there's something more than the task that's to be accomplished. There's one nice story I heard how one guru was uh, uh, told his disciple, I have a very important message I want to give to my guru bhai and in his ashram. I'm writing it here. Don't read this message. But I am making you the special carrier of this. Now you have to go, it's late, I know, but it's quite some distance, and, but still, yeah, that's very important. So he went, he did this two, three, four times. Delivered the message, the guru on the other end is reading the message. So it was a regular affair. He was, with great attention and devotion, he was carrying this important message at difficult, obscure times, quite some distance. And just one day it so happened that the message fell out of his pocket and opened up and he said, just see how we're having this guy run back and forth like this. Uh, there's no important message <laughs> whatsoever. But it was, he was training him to be a servant rather than an enjoyer. This is a great gift. If we can learn to be a servant, so much wealth is there and, that, and life is so easy rather than trying to figure it all out. So, Sandipani Muni was concerned. First Krishna returned, he and Sudama. So they had this experience. They had a bond of love and affection based on Guru Seva. We sacrificed together. Shoulder to shoulder we went to serve our Gurudev. Do you remember the difficulty, the pain we... Uh, uh, and, uh, how together we, we encouraged one another? This, this is real love. Just like in Vrindavan. Everyone loves Krishna, but everyone loves one another also. This Taibhav is for Krishna. And this Sancharibhav for one another. That Sancharibhav means it augments their, their dominant emotion. It augments it. But it is an expression of love also. So in a similar sense, we give everything, all of us, to our Gurudev, but we love one another too. Not envious of one another, but one is making progress. You see, if your heart is a little clean, that means if you, if you have a, the spirit of Sharanagata, I will be a surrendered soul. I will give myself to this process. I have my limitations, but I give myself sincerely. And that means what? We're again not asking you to go home tonight and, 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 and men give up your wives and wives give up your children in, in some crazy way. But every day we ask you to chant Hare Krishna. Yes. And how? Give yourself to that chanting. Give yourself fully. And you pray it. 
so many things are in my way. I cannot even, don't even like to think of giving them up, such is my problem. And, and I know they have no value, ultimately. Till I pray, let put them out of my mind. Let me give myself to you, Harinam. And please give me the power to leave the world behind. Leave meaningless things in my life behind. You may be distracted all day long, but don't be distracted when chanting Hare Krishna. Is there any meaning to meditation with minds going here and there? Only the meaning I'm trying. But that's what you have to try to do. Not let the mind wander. And don't be lazy about it. Chant attentively. Oh, so many things we can talk, so many high topics, but all come down to this. The Chintya Shakti of Krishna Nam. Take advantage of that. Everything will come. You will know everything. You will know more than you can talk about, more than the books can talk about. You will find your own page in the book. Your own name, your own story is there. This is the way. By reading a book, you won't find it. By thinking about Krishna consciousness, you won't. By being Krishna conscious, you will. Don't think about it. Do it. And be encouraged that others are doing it also. I remember I, many years ago, I used to serve in, in Los Angeles, which Prabhupada named Nudwaka. And I used to go to the Los Angeles airport to sell books, and it was illegal. So we would dress in secular clothes and sneak around the airport to sell books. Myself and my god sister, Leela Shakti. And um, we became great friends based on seeing one. I remember at a distance, I would see her in the midst of thousands of people at Los Angeles airport from going up to someone and tapping them on the shoulder and offering them a book. And I would know what she's experiencing, what I'm experiencing, what is the... What, what it takes to do this. <laughs> Not always so easy. Not only dealing with the elements or the, or the, the hiding from the police, but dealing with the people's minds and, <laughs> and so forth. And I would see her and my heart would just go swell and think, oh, that's, we have some bond. And she would see me and we wouldn't, you know, things were such that we wouldn't talk intimately that wasn't allowed. But we, nowadays we see one another and we just look at one another and we know, you were there, I was there. And we did that. And Prabhupada blessed us. He showered his blessings on us. I know, you know. No talking is necessary. <laughs> By looking, just expressions can speak one's heart. This is a language of love. We don't have to get close physically to someone to love them. That's not required. Come close by consciousness, by giving by sacrifice, by service. So we should be encouraged that we have some others also. Many of us, Gaudiya Vaishnavism, so many. And different sects also within Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Try to find a way to be encouraged by whatever good anyone is doing for Mahaprabhu. And don't listen to what somebody wants to tell you, the bad thing they're doing. But uh, we don't have the time for that. Will that help you? Sometimes, maybe, constructive criticism may be necessary, but don't, that comes from above. Don't make a habit of that. Habituate yourself to that only, in the name of constructive criticism. And it's simply Rajagun, 
I criticize others so that I may feel better about myself. It hasn't changed your position at all, though. And then we will, and, and, and then again, there will only be few people. At the end of your life, you may, if you can count on the end of your hand, five people, like five fingers, you're really close to, then you're lucky. Who you are really sajatiya, like-minded with in every respect. Don't expect that uh, in a sentimental way, that, that, uh, but respect others. Try to draw inspiration from others, be inspiration for others. And if there's some close people, stick close with them, like-minded people, and flourish in Krishna consciousness. Krishna was like-minded <laughs> with Sudama Vipra. He considered him close friend. Then years passed, and the boy Krishna became the prince. He went to Dwarka. Such opulence, such Aishwarya manifested there. Palaces and queens... Statesmen would come to meet with him, and he was going out and leading a, uh, the, the, the battles against huge armies. And Sudam knew him. We were in school together, as boys in school. We went to the forest to serve our guru together, and I helped you, and you helped me. And now I see you are God in Dwarka. They are worshipping you as God. You have forearms there. My God. Meanwhile, Krishna is living in such wealth and opulence at Dwarka. Where gods and goddesses felt privileged to patronage, to patronize that place by giving a gift, a special gift from the heavens. These things were not meant on earth. They're not found on earth. It was found in Dwarka. All coming from the heavens. So every god gave a gift. And they felt privileged to have their gift show up there. Meanwhile, Sudama is living very, very impoverished. He's a householder in this life. In Gorlila, he's a brahmachari. Why is he living impoverished? We had such taste for Krishna consciousness. He could only think of serving Krishna. And the thought of serving himself was repulsive to him. He had a natural inclination towards, as a Brahmin, towards living a renounced life. Some devotees have a very natural inclination, almost an aversion, and some are uh, in between. Like Prahlad, he's in between. Krishna gave him great opulence. He lived in great wealth and opulence. Some devotees, Krishna doesn't give that to. Because, oh, this is their, they're happier in that situation. This is the situation for Sudan. And his wife living with him, they did not have, they, he had to beg rice. She had to beg rice. He had to beg. He begged rice. She cooked the rice. But he begged rice sometimes not enough for her to cook to offer to him. She asked him, you have a friend. Now, look where he is. He's God, <laughs> living in Dwarka. Why don't you go and ask your friend for something? Do we think that he was henpecked for going there? That she wanted to live comfortably? No, she was a Shudabhakta also. She was a great Mahabhagwata. What was her real complaint? That my husband is a great devotee and I want to serve him. 
but he's begging and not getting enough rice for me to cook for him some days. I cannot get enough rice to cook for him that I feel satisfied I've given him a good meal. And he is such a great devotee. This was her thinking. So if you could, Krishna likes devotees, you're his devotee, I'm nothing. She's thinking, but I want to serve you, you're a devotee who's close to me, who so kindly accepted my hand in marriage. I want to serve you nicely. You're a devotee, ask your friend Krishna. Help you. So that I can serve you. This was her ambition. So he thought, all right, all right, I'll go. After all, he thought, I haven't seen Krishna for some time. I have an excuse to get a, the darshan of Krishna. I'm his friend, but that's a long time ago. Now things have changed. And maybe he won't think of me in the same way. Maybe he won't even remember. He's a prince now. But anyway, this is, this is a, a pretense for my, for my going. So he started to get a little excited, but then he became again glum and depressed. He thought, how can I go? I have nothing to bring him as a gift. You cannot go and see a respectable person without bringing a gift. So wife went out and begged. She got some chipped rice. She said, you, you take this. They didn't even have it in their home. She begged it. She said, he said, how can I take the chipped rice? She said, anyway, it's something. Go. He went. He came to the palace. He thought, they'll never let me in. They'll never let me in. But they let him in. Krishna is omniscient. Sarvagya. He made arrangement. The gatekeepers would let him in. Ordinarily, he, who are you coming here to see Krishna? They let him in. He was a Brahmin. What did Krishna do? Oh, my dear friend. Come, sit. He worshipped him. Namo Brahmanya Devaya Go Brahmanna Hittaya Cha Jagaditaya Krishnaya Govindaya Namo Nama The Brahmins are dear to Krishna. Krishna showed this. He worshipped him with Artik. And the Brahmin had to sit through that, thinking, Krishna is worshipping me. What, what? How can I deal with this? But I'm so happy to be here, nonetheless. So Krishna said, So you brought me something. Meanwhile, he's thinking, I'm not giving this chipped rice to Krishna. I brought it as a gift, but I, there's no way. I'm, this is Krishna, and he's in Dwarka. You know what kind of meals Rukmini is cooking for him? Rukmini's thousands of attendants and maidservants are cooking for him. We cannot imagine what type of preparations are made and how they are offered, how you will offer to God. Om, mudras, this, that, so many things you have to do. That is the general idea. All those rules, and you know what they're for? There are some, compared to worshipping the demigods, there are less, but there are some. They're to make us think, this is important. I should pay attention here. If you do that, your heart will come out. Your soul will come out. Don't get trapped thinking it's all about the rules and make sure you've got the right mudras and motions and straha and pour a little water on your head and everything's in place. Meanwhile, in your heart, you, you do want to get it over with as soon as possible so you can go and do something else. Enjoy yourself. The meal, in particular, you know, all these, whatever rules they are, they're, they're, they're to make us pay attention, focus your mind, then get some little experience. This is good. 
It's not a stone. It's not a statue I'm worshipping. My God. This is wonderful. Mystical. I've entered into the, into the land of ritual. We have the spiritual world. We have the material world. And we have the land of ritual. In between. It's partially material and partially spiritual. Archon. The worship of the deity. The deity is a symbolic representation of the absolute of Krishna. It's he's fully Krishna. That's true. But like in a symbolic way, that's why we say, for example, uh, uh, we go uh, idam padyam kling krishnaya namaha. We don't walk up and wash his feet. All these symbolic things. It's, it's a it's a kind of an in between uh, uh, way. It's a whole world of rules and regulations and, and things, and it doesn't make sense from the material point. Why are you going to take three baths and to turn so many circles and what's does that any practical make any practical sense? It's how the world of ritual works, and if you enter in there through the ritual of archan, for example, you can go into bhajan. Actually, you can meet Krishna. That that deity standing there, that is a one frame. Still picture in the motion picture of Krishna Leela. If you meditate on that still picture, eventually it will take life. And you'll enter into the moving motion picture. And then all, then what, what is, what is the, what is the fuel that is fueling that is bhava, feeling, love, and all the, all the rules are, their purpose has been accomplished. They have a purpose. So there in Dwarka Krishna's worshipped with so many rituals. What kind of food he's being offered? And Sudama Brahma just carrying some chipped rice. He's thinking, no way I'm going to offer this to Krishna. This is unfit to offer to anybody but to speak of God. And I'm in his place in Dwarka, where he is largely God. As far as Krishna, in Krishna Leela, becomes God, that's Dwarka. If we recede to Mathura and Vrindavan, then his godhood recedes uh, proportionately. He's still Krishna and charming in Dwarka, but more godliness. So anyway, Sudama is thinking, how I can offer this rice to him? And Krishna saying, I think you have something, I will take it. You brought something for me, what is it? And he reaches, of course, into, the, into his pocket and takes the chipped rice and eats that. He's smiling, actually, Bhagavatam says when he sees him. He knows. You brought the rice as a gift. You don't want to give it. I'm going to take it. And Rukmini tries to stop him. Say, what? From what? From taking another bite. He said, oh, my God, you've eaten this. What, what, will, be, what will be the result for this fellow? I have to give myself to him now. If you take another bite, then there won't be enough left for everybody else here. I'll have to... Patram pushpam palam toyam yome bhakti prayachati tadaham bhakti uparitam ashnami prayatmana. That is the verse we're discussing here. And you know what Krishna said when he took that rice? He said, Patram pushpam palam toyam yome bhakti prayachati tadaham bhakti uparitam ashnami prayatmana. Same verse. Exact same verse we find in Bhagavad Gita. Krishna speaks in Bhagavatam. 10, maybe 81, 81st chapter, I think. Maybe the third, third verse. 
exact same verse, he says. By going to the Leela, oh, we can see how the, the practical idea is played out. This Brahmana was so devoted. He was a householder. In his next birth in Gorlila, he was a Brahmachari. No difference. Fully devoted. The duty is the same. Service to Krishna. A life full of self-sacrifice. Krishna ate the rice. Krishna embraced him, walked him out of the palace, sent him home. And of course, when he came home, he saw his home completely transformed. His wife appeared like a goddess with many attendants, so a big palatial building and so forth. He remained in his body. His body was such that his veins were popping out and ribs sticking out. Suklambar Brahmachari, the same way. It was described in Gaurila. His wife saw him. He could not recognize her. Made servant said, no, that is your wife. That's your wife. That's her. Her body was like young and beautiful. Then he uh, embraced his wife and his body also transformed. Young and beautiful. Krishna kept his body in, in, his, in its previous condition so that she would be able to recognize him. Or she thought he, she would think somebody else is coming and saying, she, he's my husband. Then his body transformed. And now, question arises, why Krishna did it in this way? Why didn't he just give him some opulence? Give him a big bar of gold and something, or, you know, go buy a, buy a house in the suburbs or something. The reason is this, because Krishna was embarrassed. He was embarrassed. He thought, I have nothing to give that really equals the devotion of this fellow. I can give some material opulence to him, but it's it's such a, such a, what do you say, a paltry, paltry thing. It's so insignificant. I'm a little embarrassed, so I'll give it and keep it at a distance. It's nothing. Oh, I may be like a cloud that gives rain, but what is the rain compared to the crops themselves and what they do for society? Krishna thinks so highly of his devotees. He conquered by their love. When he appeared in Gaurila Suklambar, Suklambar Brahmachari Mahaprabhu said, Take Krishna Prem. Take it. This is yours. You and I are eternally friends forever. So when we read this verse from Srimad Bhagavad Gita, Patram Pushpam Palam Toyam, all these things should come to mind. This is about Shuddha Bhakti, pure devotion. That's not about water, fruit, flower. It's about the spirit of, of, of the offering. You have to give yourself. It's a sacrifice and bhakti, and, 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 and it's ourselves that we have to put on the altar, our own heart. This verse also implies that our whole life should... It's a lifestyle, is what it implies. Bhakti is, is not something that you do and then in between other things. It's a lifestyle. And when you have problems practicing it, it's because you haven't taken it as a lifestyle. You've kept another lifestyle and you try to add this on. No, it's a lifestyle. I gave this uh, uh, mantra diksha to one disciple and he said, you know, this is very nice. After, after some time he said, because I realize it's a whole lifestyle change. I've got to stop at certain times of the day and sit and, and, and do my mantra and... Uh, I've got to change my whole lifestyle. This verse implies this. It's a lifestyle. Because it says, he says, Patram Pushpam Palam Toyam. Offer me a fruit, 
a flower, a leaf. It's an agrarian-based lifestyle, preferably over an industrial-based lifestyle. If you want to offer Krishna fruit or a vegetable, the implication of this verse is that you should plant the vegetable. You should water it. You should, you should till the soil. You should plant it. You should water it. You should take out the roots, the, excuse me, the, the weeds. You should pluck the fruit, then prepare it, cook it, and offer it. You see, it's a whole lifestyle. Devotion from beginning to end. Again, the word bhakti is used twice here to, for the sake of emphasis. We should try to adjust our lifestyle in such a way that we live a life of a devotee. It's not that difficult and it's very pleasing, actually. So in this way, Krishna has told us, it's not so uh, difficult. You don't have to have anything particular. Uh, there's no material prerequisite. For all of the types of worship, there are material prerequisites, things that are needed to, to tread the marg. You have to have a pure heart to start with, not bhakti. Even impure heart, she will come to you. Therefore, we have to be careful sometimes not to complain about some of the people that are involved in Krishna consciousness. You think, how that guy got involved? That guy is such a nut. And he's, uh, he's uh, parading around as a devotee and embarrassing us. Maybe, but still he has some devotion. Bhakti came to him. What could you do? She's generous. If we complain about that, it'll be a big problem for us, too. So, <laughs> so we have to appreciate anyone has little devotion. There are ways, of course, Rupa Goswami has given. You can keep a distance and appreciate some. And some you should keep close company with because they will foster devotion. And some you should you should serve with great re regard. They have they have the goods. They can look at us and we can we can we can get it. It's possible. Such possibility is there. So, in this way, we should uh, give thanks, thank our lucky stars that we are somehow involved in all this, and try to understand it more deeply. Try to enter into it more more deeply through practice. And if you have some intellectual appetite, study it. Try to get the proper proper knowledge, proper conceptual orientation that will fuel your practice. Don't collect knowledge just for information, but to fuel your practice. Any question? Krishna was around 16 when he went to Russia. Mm -hmm. He was 10. Right. Um, he was 10 mm -hmm. and 16 oh, mm -hmm. at the same time. Mm -hmm. That means, according to Rasa Shastra, then there are three ages, Kumar, Poganda, and Kishore. And the uh, length of each is given. Kumar is from up to five. From six to ten is Poganda, childhood, and then adolescence. Uh, from uh, is what uh, ten to fifteen, and sixteen becomes uh, then a youth. 
not a Kishore, but uh, not an adolescent, but a young young man, for example. So that is the normal course. But Krishna, it's mentioned in Bhagavatam that he crawled at a very early age. This is the first indication. Goswamis, our Goswamis have drawn certain words from Bhagavatam and shown that, that Krishna is the kind of boy that's very mature for his age. Sometimes you meet boys like that or young, young girls, they're very mature for their age. They tend to be able to hang with older people better and uh, they take responsibility earlier in their life and so forth. Special children, mature for their age. So Krishna's like that. He's very mature for his age. So sometimes we analyze his age in terms of substance and sometimes in terms of form. You follow me? In form, he's a little over ten, but in substance, he's an adolescent. Why would he be attracted to Radha if he was not? Hmm? So, that is the idea. Until about three years and, and eight months is Kumar Leela. Then he moves, in the course of that, he moves to Vrindavan from Mathura. He crosses the Jamuna. There, then, he gets uh, the charge of the calves, like Agasur Leela. He's herding calves at that time, not cows. This is his, his Kumar Leela. And in the course of herding the cows, the cow, Brahma came during that Agasur Leela. And the cowherds, and the calves, I should say, the cowherds, friends, and the calves were stolen for one year. Right? So when they came back, then their enthusiasm to meet Krishna and Krishna's enthusiasm to meet them made the Poganda Leela finish very quickly also. And so at, at just over, a little over six, he entered into his Kishore Leela. He's lifting Govardhan Hill at seven, glancing at Radha. You know why he held it like, like this, so that his fingers would be clear of the view, so that he could see her and no one would know. And he got the Shakti power from her to, to hold the hill. And it shook because he looked at Balaram and Balaram knew what was going on. And then the other cowards, they stuffed their sticks up there. So we knew you couldn't hold it yourself. So, anyway, then he's beginning his Kishore Leela. At the end of the, the, uh, is, uh, what is that, uh, killing of, uh, Denukasura, 15th chapter. That is the end of his Poganda Leela and the beginning of his Kishore Leela. There's Purvaragra when he comes from the forest, exchanging glances with the gopis upon returning. To, uh, to the village, like, do you feel the way I feel? Rasalila then is the, is the culmination of, of that. Their relationship is, has been building up until then. Rasalila is the, is the, is when the relationship is consummated, if you will. Of course, it's unknown to everyone else, but it's, at that point, Krishna fully acknowledges his love for Radha, Radha's love for him. And everything after that all reflects back on the significance of Rasa, everything in Krishna Lila. That is the high point of it. So, some technical answers. <laughs> Hare Krishna. Anything else? 
should mention that Prabhupada, of course, uh, commented on this verse with an emphasis on two things. He emphasized vegetarianism and Krishna is, is, uh, has a form. That, that we should be a vegetarian. And that Krishna has a, Krishna has a form. You know, Prabhupada's Gita, if you study carefully, then he, he had a particular, he had something in mind. He had an emphasis in mind. His emphasis in my analysis is twofold. To make, create, if you will, devotees of Krishna out of nothing. Hmm? And, and two, to dispel the misconception of mayavad. And the two go hand in hand. You cannot be a devotee without having the mayavad concept removed. So you see any chance, any dim chance that he gets to attack the mayavad conception, the Gita, he's attacking that. So he does in this verse, where it says, Krishna says, if you offer me a fruit flower, I accept it. So clear he's saying, if he didn't have a form, how could he accept that? If he didn't eat, if he didn't have senses, how could he accept? And then because he's also preaching to people who, like I said, he's making devotees out of nothing. He's creating the adhikar by his preaching. It is said that atato dharma jignashu, this is karma mimamsa, uh, the greater portion of the of the of the Vedas, it said, "You can enter into this now. Is the time for inquiring into dharma, into religion? At a, at a at human life, you can inquire into religion. And if you inquire deeply enough into religion, you become qualified to inquire into Brahman. Again, from religious life to spiritual life, atato Brahma Jignasu. So this is the general course. But Prabhupada, kind of, as a powerful sadhu, he just kind of cut in and created Adhikar for, for Rasa Jignasu, Brahma Jignasu and Rasa Jignasu. Right? And both Shankar and Baladeva in their commentaries on Vedanta Sutra say, this is the normal course, but a sadhu can create Adhikar for us to proceed, to skip over Dharma Jignasu in, in, in effect and immediately inquire into the nature of the spirit, Brahman, and so on. So, um, so Prabhupada was, like I said, out of nothing he was making, he sought to, to make devotees. And so, therefore, sometimes emphasis was there on things. He took the opportunity in this verse to emphasize proper eating habits and so forth, that you should offer fruits and vegetables. Which is true, but you know, in the next verse, the following verse, Krishna says, Yad Karoshi Yadashnasi, Yad Juhoshi Didasi, Yad Tapasvi, whatever you do, whatever you eat, offer it to me. Whatever you eat, whoever you are, whatever you are, whatever you do, offer it to me. I won't eat it necessarily, but offer it anyway. It's mixed, a mixed form of devotion he speaks about in, the, in, in, in that verse to contrast this verse. Patram pushpam palam toyam yume bhakta prayashati. He says, tadaham bhakti uparitam ashnami prayatatmana. Ashnami means I will accept. It also means I will eat. It means if you saturate your offering with devotion and you offer me a, a leaf, I will eat it. 
a flower, I will eat it. Normally, we don't eat flowers. We smell them. Hmm? I will come in person to accept it. Yeah? It also means eat, Ashnami. I will eat it. If you offer me like Vidura's wife did, banana peels with love, I will eat the banana peels mm. while she's throwing away the banana. Mm. In love, she's... Uh, Krishna came to her house. You know the story. A big meal had been arranged by Duryodhan, who had invited Krishna to Hastinapur. Huge banquet. Krishna walked right in, ignored him, went to the house of Vidura, who was his devotee. Vidura was not there, his wife was there, and Krishna said, I'm hungry, feed me. She was so overwhelmed, she, she had some bananas, she peeled the bananas, threw the bananas away and offered him the peel. And Krishna was eating the peel. Vidura heard, Krishna didn't go to Duryodhana's house, he went to your house. He went there with Narada. He said to Narada, this is amazing, he's come to my house. Narada said, that's nothing, he's eating the peels. <laughs> that's amazing. So then he was asked by Vidura, why didn't you go to Duryodhana's house? Oh, I never eat from non-devotees. He doesn't like the Pandavas. They're my devotees. I never eat from non-devotees. This is also found in this verse, implied in this verse. So, if someone who's not a devotee offers you something, will you eat it? No. So, anything else? So let us stop in Hare Krishna and take some prasad. Hmm? First few minutes we'll have Namsan Kirtan and take prasad. Okay. Hari Hara Namah Krishna Jadavai Namah.